definitely human. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It is Christmas in Hong Kong, 1921. The rain beats down on Dorothy, Cornelia, Sebastian and Joy as they stare up at the door of an old English manor entirely out of place on the abandoned island of Cao Yi Chow. By some Christmas miracle, our heroes are achingly close to confronting the forces beyond their quotidian reckoning. The forgotten things to be revealed, the forbidden knowledge to be uncovered, in the darkened crevices of civilization our hero's obsession might finally be vindicated. But ho, ho, oh no, in The Infinite Bad. The Nightmare of Cao Yi Chao, Part 8 Outside this vast English manor, dripping with tropical rain, our heroes stand, soaked through but not cold. Instinctively, Sebastian reaches out to feel the weight of the large, impressive chain that threads through the front door's handles. Joy looks up at the light from the window, seeking a more subtle point of entry. Cornelia takes a moment to recompose herself, feeling the first pangs of true exhaustion after their long journey on foot. And to the far right, Dorothy explores the grounds, feeling along the exterior wall, and happens upon a small tool shed, a possible expediency in such an unwelcoming environment. In this relative calm of the rain and foliage, our hero's thoughts turn to Sophia and her possible fate. It has been hours since they last saw her. Dorothy, Cornelia, Sebastian and Joy pause for a moment to look back at the muddy, savage path they walked through the trees. She'll find her way here. I think let's maybe... She's probably on her way here, yeah. I, yeah, I, I think, I think so. it's better for us to stick together and let Sophia You think we should us. wait for her to come or we should just continue to abandon her? Um, that's very loaded language. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> um, well, why don't we check out this... Uh, there's this shed over here to the right of this manor. Should we have a, have a yeah. look at that? All right, yes. 
Okay, so inside this shed, um, the door is is flapping forlornly in the wind. Uh, you can see that there is a pair of axes, quite heavy uh, wood cutting axes, and also a pair of chain cutters. How convenient. Um, <laughs> I propose that um, one of us who is strong, <laughs> maybe nice Sebastian, might... Uh... Now who's using loaded language? <laughs> <laughs> um, I have other qualities besides so many, my physical strength. You have so many fine qualities, Sebastian, but strength is one of them and we do need to get the door open. I mean, it seems a bit like we're bulldozing our way in, doesn't it? With a pair of, you know, just cut, can we not like... You make an excellent point, Joy, and I smash at the chains. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you, wait, so the chain cutters are like these big... Oh, I'm using pliers. the axe. Oh, you're using <laughs> the axes. Okay, uh, make an attack roll. <laughs> Five. Five. Okay, uh, your axe thuds into the wood of the door. Uh, nope. It's like, a, it's like the shining but less effectual because you don't actually manage to get all the way through the door. Have you tried knocking yet? Uh, well, I guess that counts as a kind of knock, but no. Um, Joy, in, in, you're, you're instinctively looking around for other ways to enter this uh, manner, but you do notice that the ground level windows seem to be boarded up. Hmm. Why is it chained up and then I can see the windows are boarded up, but there's a light coming from inside? Yes, you can see the light is coming from the third floor, which is the only window that is not boarded. So there could be lights from elsewhere, but it's boarded up so we wouldn't be able to see Uh, it, or when you'd see it poking through. You probably would see seams of light. Mm. Any way to climb up there? Any sort of balcony? So you could make the climb. It would be very difficult, especially in the rain and the wind, and it would be quite dangerous. Mm -hmm. But but it's possible. I could probably climb up there. I mean, (laughs) almost certainly. Mm, Use the chain cutters, Sebastian. You're just being difficult now. Use the chain cutters. (laughs) Yeah, let's use the chain cutters. Yeah. Fine. I put, begin to pull the axe out. <laughs> Is this what you mean by the chain cutter? I'm going to hand him the chain cutters. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> uh, the chains pop open under the, the precise force of the chain cutters. Uh, <laughs> That's much better. <laughs> and, and the chain drops uh, to the floor with a thud. And indeed, the door almost begins to swing open of its own accord now that it is no longer bound with the chains. Should we just have a look back the way we came to see whether or not we can see Sophia before we go in? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, fa- um, I found a rifle, right? Yes, you did. Did it have like a strap on it? Can I have that on my back? Yes, you can. Okay, cool. Yes. So I, I do have the rifle. Yes. Um, and one I... of us should take the axe, right? The axes seem helpful, maybe. Cornelia, do you what have... What is it with you and axes? Do you... <laughs> do you have a weapon? Got a fish pole. Okay. Is that as effective as an axe? I don't really know. It, it probably comforts you more because it's arranged. There's it's a long okay. pole. And Joy, you have a gun. I have a gun, a knife, and a small fishing hook in my jacket. Yeah, so I, I don't yeah. think I have room. For just next, like hold over like a shovel. You want a shovel? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm okay. Thank you, Sebastian. I just let the shovel drop on the floor. <laughs> um, can we see Sophia? Uh, make a perception check. Seven. 16? 19. 8. You you give a good look around, but nope, you can't see Sophia behind you. Okay. I say we go into the house then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You step inside, and immediately you feel a warm, comforting smell waft over you. It's floral, with a through line of spice, like light maple syrup bubbling on a stove. As your eyes adjust, you begin to see its source. 
There are dozens of men and women arrayed inside this house, reclined and fetal, curled around foot-long opium pipes. This home may once have been decked with elegant pieces of furniture, but now it seems like a bare shell containing a few draped carpets and curtains repurposed into makeshift privacy awnings. As you pick your way through the scores of catatonic addicts, you see several with horrific gaping bed sores, as if they've been here for weeks, and you begin to pick up the smell of rot, and it recontextualizes the sickly sweetness of the opium, and now you're finding it unbearable. Looks like they've got the shell shock. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is a rather different problem. What are we going to do? Can we help these people? No, they're all on opium. I don't think they even want to be helped. Are they responsive at all? Uh, A couple of them, their eyes dart towards you, uh, but then immediately back down towards their pipes and and just they they look listless and and dazed. There's so many people I feel we haven't helped. It would make me feel better to just help one person at least. I think we should just go try and find the stairs up to the third floor where that light was coming from. I, I think we help these people on our way out, but we've got someone to find here. All right. So you do indeed see a staircase leading up towards the second floor. And as you make your way up, you see that the second floor, much like the first, is just littered with these uh, curled up opium addicts. Uh, You notice uh, Dorothy at one end of of the west wing of the second floor. You notice out of the corner of your eye, Sophia, and she is on the floor uh, in fetal position like many of the others. But you recognize her distinctive jacket. Oh, wow. Well, she made quick work of that. Um, what are the... Are the rest of these people mostly European or Chinese or... Okay, so you actually notice there is a mix. Uh, that many of them are Chinese. Some appear to be European. Okay, I think we should approach Sophia. Yeah. Yep. yeah. You think I should shake her, maybe? Um, I think let's just say hi. <laughs> My hands are, like, hovering over <laughs> <laughs> As you approach Sophia, you immediately notice that she looks very, very different from when she stepped off the dock not not a couple of hours ago. It looks like she's aged 20 years in the space of time of an evening. Uh, she seems extremely gaunt. Her, her once clear skin is now pockmarked and, and worn. And you can see that her, her lips are cracked and dry. Um, but she's still trying to apply lipstick to them, but it's smeared and kind of bleeding into the into the edges of her mouth. Um, her hair is is filthy and matted, and she is curled much like many of the others around here, uh, around this foot long opium pipe. Uh, mm-hmm. And she, the only signs of life from her are, are the bare glistening of her eyes and the occasional puffs of smoke that emerge from the end of the pipe. Right. Well, kids, this is why we don't do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess. Can we... So she's not responsive at all, really. She seems completely unresponsive. Can we... I know this sounds bad, but maybe steal her journal? Like, just to see if there's anything useful in it? You do that. I will remove the pipe from her mm-hmm. to try and, I don't know, sober her, her up somewhat. Okay. Uh, so you start rifling through her her clothes, um, <laughs> and this actually makes her, her react. And she reacts quite violently and she kind of, uh, she drops the pipe as you are going for it. And she starts squealing and kind of making these animal inchoate sounds as she scratches towards you. um, Not in a particularly aggressive way, but in a defensive uh, kind of trying to get you off her. Okay. Well, I'm going to take a step back. Is there anything that I know about dealing with, um, I guess, opium addicts? But this doesn't seem 
I mean, yeah, opium doesn't normally make people age 20 years in the space of three hours that I know of, at least four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your, your, your knowledge fails you here. Yeah. Yeah. I think the key is a firm hand, Dorothy. <laughs> I try to go at her with more vigor. Okay. Um, so what are you, you're just trying to shake her? or Shake her, rifle through her stuff. Don't generally, just, just, just hassle her. Open up <laughs> the woman to... Uh, uh, make a make. Yeah, what check for this? <laughs> make a grapple check. Okay, nine. Okay, uh, you you start to try to wrestle with her, um, but she wrestles back, and, and and she's got quite a strong grip actually. Uh, she tries to get up off the floor initially to try to get you off her, but you manage to push her back onto the floor, and as you do so, she tears off a portion of your sleeve, uh, and she snarls at you and grabs her opium pipe again and starts. Uh, smoking almost almost desperately, worried that you're going to interrupt her again. Well, she should be worried because I'm <laughs> I'm going to. Yeah. Dorothy, you're a medical expert. Uh, well, at least you were before you gave up yep, on you, uh, that noble yes. cause. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't there something you can do? It's, I mean, I really... Do you, you have your medical bag with you still? I don't I think I do. Not if she's given it. Got a stethoscope. Yeah. I do have a stethoscope. Does that help at all? You can try. Do you want to try? You can using listen your real good. Brand new stethoscope. <laughs> um, uh, no, I no. I mean, I don't even know that I could get close enough. I mean, I don't know that this is actually that helpful for us in the sense that. Like, she seems pretty far gone, mm. Sophia. You're I right. Think. We should only be thinking of ourselves in this situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm just not sure that we're going to be able to get her to, to, to... I mean, this seems like continuing to hassle her is only going to like, stress her out more and potentially put her into a, a panic attack or something. So, Cornelia, are you going in for round two? I'm advising Cornelia not to. This is I more appreciate about your, your advice. This is more about your pride right now than it is about her. Well, okay. If you say so. <laughs> I will make another grapple check. Okay. Six again? Oh, for goodness sakes. Okay. <laughs> this time, uh, this time she, she gets really vicious, Sophia, and she claws at your face. Uh, no. She deals one point of damage to you, but more than that, you're very concerned about the filth under her fingernails. Uh. Screw this, Cornelia. Let's not let it go. Let's move on. Come on, let it go. Come on, Cornelia. Perhaps let Dorothy and Joy are right. Perhaps what we should be doing is focusing on the root cause of this issue, the enemy, whoever it is. We don't know, but whoever it is, well, we need to find the them. opium trade. Not that big. Some things are too big to deal with. Uh, such as the opium trade and... The exercise of colonial power. Yeah, w- yes. And the abyss also <laughs> is one. But, you know, the the guy... Cornelia, don't you want to find the man with the fox The mask? man with... That's it. That's the man I was referring to. You're the fox right. guy. The fox-headed man. Yes. If he is yes. real, yes. then he's got to have something to do with all this, right? You're so right. Let's I was forgetting my answers. purpose. <laughs> Thank you, my dear comrades. <laughs> uh, guys, may, before you go, make a wisdom check at the site of Sophia. So, changed before you. 13. One. Oh no! Twelve. <laughs> Two. Two. And what did you get, Sebastian? I got a thirteen. A thirteen. Okay, so uh, all of you 
gain 10, except for Max, who, uh, Cornelia, who gains 20. Okay. And so we still have to go up two more. We're only on the first floor. Uh, you're on the second floor. <sighs> so we've got to go one more floor. Yes. Okay. I would, before you can see we... the light leaking down from the top floor. Before we do go upstairs, I would like to very carefully load my rifle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've been burnt before. <laughs> and I'd say, um, you know, I've been, uh, I've been married. Uh, three times, three marriages, three divorces, and uh, I'm beginning to think perhaps I was the problem. Perhaps them, them. Perhaps it was me. You know, I don't know, but maybe. I think the problem is I'm too soft. While you're thumbing bullets <laughs> into your yeah. rifle, the problem is I'm too damn soft. I'm a bleeding heart. Always have been. Well, no longer. And then I march up the stairs. <laughs> Okay, I think we should follow. Yeah, definitely following. Yeah? Oh, definitely following. Okay. Your final ascent is quick. The stairs are even and sturdy. And amidst everything else, you can't help but appreciate this small mercy compared to the rest of your travels today. You come into a large hall at the top of this manor and is lined on both ends with large sheet mirrors framed with fine gilt. At the end, standing, staring out of the window towards the edge of the island where you first arrived, stands a man. He's dressed impeccably in formal evening wear, and his face is covered with the mask of a fox. A real mask made from the face of a fox seemingly torn off and still ragged at the edges. He turns to you, and you see his well-parted auburn hair, his strong jaw, his muscular frame, and you recognize it immediately. This is the man Cornelia has seen in her dreams, and it is also Peter Fairbank. <gasps> oh, snap. Oh, wow. He starts stepping towards you, and he says, you have come at last. I have waited mm. for years. <gasps> you are meant for more than simple curiosity. Let me show you. They are coming. They are coming back, and we must be ready. He's now... Ten paces closer to you while he's been saying this. Fairbank, it was you all along. I point my gun at him. You point your gun at him? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he doesn't seem to respond to you raising your rifle. Uh, he looks at you, though, and he nods. And he starts taking the mask off. And you can see his his uh, handsome face. Uh, and he gives you this warm smile as he keeps walking towards uh, Cornelia. Uh, and all of you, really. How are you arrayed in this? Are you just, like, all in a line? Or? I am in front, and I'm pointing the gun at him. Okay. So um, he's walking towards each of you, and he looks at you, at each of you in turn, with this kind of warm smile. Uh, and he opens, uh, his, his mouth starts to open in this, in, in mid-smile. And you can see that he starts picking at his teeth and just mm -hmm. pulling them out nope. as he does so. And he says, I know you've wondered. I find this eases the passing. And as he does so, you can see his jaw. It looks like it's beginning to dislocate. And you can see another chin poking out of Peter Fairbank's mouth as if a, a different, a second face is protruding from inside Peter Fairbank's outer head. Just say the word, Mrs. Cavendish. I think we need to wa watch what's happening. Yes, <laughs> we must have answers. But I am we are gonna, so close, we're so I, close. I am gonna like take out my knife though, while his a new chin is coming out of his mouth. Yeah. You know what? I thought I needed answers. I don't. I don't need answers at all. Really, just say the word. 
Okay, uh, Peter Fairbank is now, you're closest to him. So he's walking, I mean, really quite close to you now. He's about 10 feet away from you. And you can see there's a, the chin that's protruding, a finger has come out also as if a hand is struggling to make its way. And you can see that it is, it, 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 it's a feminine finger, a woman's finger that's making its way out of Peter Fairbank's mouth now. I, this- said, I said I'd never kill again, but, I, but I'm going to have to, I think. Fairbank, what's going on? This is going to be Angela fucking Gressley, isn't it? He raises his hand towards you in a kind of supplicating gesture, uh, Sebastian, and you start to feel a tightness in your chest as he does so. Mm-hmm. I will not fire until I am given com- <laughs> command to fire. I am sweating oh, I so much now. I don't know if we should fire. I can't fire. I think you can't fire. No. Well, we, he, he needs to stop walking towards us. Like, go do it at the back of the room. Like, <laughs> <laughs> God, He's not helping himself. <laughs> Okay, uh, so now you can see the seams of of Peter's mouth have begun to to snap open, and you can see just like tendons pulling away and receding from uh, the, the the face that lies underneath. Uh, and indeed, Dorothy, your your worst suspicions are uh, borne out as you can see the top of Peter Fairbank's cranium. His eyes swivel upwards into his head, and it kind of retreat it retreats up his face, and you can see instead beneath Angela Gresley's. Uh, visage and her her mouth is also open and you can see something within stirring even inside there. Oh my god. Uh, Sebastian, uh, you, the tightness in your chest is overwhelming you now. Uh, you feel like you might be having some sort of heart attack. Okay. <laughs> you take two points of damage uh, as your knees start to buckle under the under the stress of what you're doing. I think we should tell him to shoot. Like if we're if no. we can see that he's buckling. No? No, we're so close to answers. But he's gonna have a heart attack. Like, no, he won't. Knock him out then. Is he having a heart attack? something? Or I don't know. He's got some kind of power yeah. over him. Okay, okay. I think we I'm... should at least go close, like put him behind us, maybe. And yeah, like, we do should that break then. whatever the spell is do, or whatever do the. That. Like, can we. Can we, like, I, I don't know, like tie him up or, like, I don't know. We can't kill, but maybe we could restrain. Yeah. And unless this thing's just crawling out of his mouth and then I don't really know how we're supposed yeah, to restrain I mean, that. This is just... Maybe we should have brought a fishing net. It's like a... <laughs> 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 um Okay, so um it's not really Fairbank we're looking at now, it's Angela Gresley. Yeah, and you can see the top of Fairbank's head is kind of lolling on top of Angela Gresley's uh, kind of and her face is slick with fluids as as she's just been okay. emerged she from Fairbank's head. But you're yes. saying that there's something inside of her mouth as well? Yes. So it's like a Russian doll situation. It's just a flesh. But with Russian real doll. people coming out of each other's mouths. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um well Yeah, let, let's talk to her then. Angela, what is going on? Who's they? Who's coming back? <laughs> okay, uh, as you do so, uh, you can see the large muscular hand of Peter Fairbank uh, rises towards you, his his other arm still facing you, Sebastian. Um, but towards you, Cornelia, you can see that his forearm is kind of pulsing and you can see his knuckles seeming poking through the, the fabric of skin that, that laces um, lace across Peter Fairbank's arm. Uh, and you can start to feel a tightness. And now Angela Gresley's voice uh, echoes out uh, throughout this mirrored hall. And she says, I have swam with you. I have swum with you before you crawled onto the empty soil. And uh, and you can start to feel a, 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 an extreme tightness in your ribcage. Uh, and it's almost as if something something is stirring inside you. You take two points of damage now as well. 
Okay, I don't feel comfortable that it's um, doing this to Cornelia. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure any part of this scenario is making <laughs> me feel comfortable. Cornelia, um, are you okay? No! Can we shoot? <laughs> we can we sh- kill we shoot? it? Can we shoot? Uh, like, are you still dead I set say on... no. Even though you've got this pain in your chest. Yeah, I would shoot. I yeah. think I'm telling Sebastian to shoot. Okay, so Sebastian, Dorothy's telling you to shoot, Cornelia's telling you not to shoot. Uh, I shoot. Okay, go for it. Make an attack. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, your shot rings out uh, and it shatters one of the mirrors on the other end of the hall. Uh, your muscle memory makes you pull the bolt back and load the next round. Uh, yep. Everyone roll for initiative now. Eight. Five. Thirteen. Sixteen. Okay, uh, what would you like to do, Sebastian? I would like to fire again. Okay. <laughs> that is a two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your shot shatters another one of the dozens of mirrors in this hall. Uh, <laughs> uh, and and you feel the tightness around your chest spread to your gut. Mm-hmm. And and now you look down because you feel as if someone is kind of is worming worming a finger into your gut, but you look down, and you don't see anything. Uh, you, you, one of your hands strays from your rifle, and you feel to your stomach, and you can feel something inside your gut now. Oh. And you take another two points of damage, Dorothy. Um, I'm gonna maybe try to hack at the arm, like the hand that's pointing towards Sebastian. I'm just gonna try to like interrupt the, like. Yeah connection there maybe okay yeah go for it make an attack four okay uh your axe swings wide and uh, you're so you're so distracted by everything that's going on that it just swing and a miss it goes through the air okay. whistles through cornelia i want to get in between them and angela i want okay. to basically shake angela okay and demand <laughs> answers of her why okay. are you in my dreams what does this all mean <laughs> Uh, okay, um, you step towards Angela and make a grapple check. 16. Okay, so you are shaking her, uh, and and in, indeed, even through Peter Fairbanks' bulk, you manage to make him take a step back. His arms are still outstretched, but you've got your kind of your claws on his on his shoulders and, and shaking uh, Angela Gresley and, and, and trying to get through to her. Uh, and she's, as much as she can, given that her mouth is also splaying wider and wider, she smiles at you. And again, the corners of her mouth begin to rip uh, and, and she beckons you closer and she says, come closer and embrace me. Don't you can see, it, you can see it at this distance that there is another finger uh, poking out through Angela's mouth. Well, I want answers, not hugs. So <laughs> I'm not going to do that, obviously. I'd rather see if I can actually like tie her up with a rope. Uh, so that'll have to be next round. Yeah, okay. Uh, Joy. I think I'm in cahoots with Cornelia. Um, I want answers as well, so I'll I will tie the rope. I'll tie okay. her up with the rope. Okay. We've been partnered too long. <laughs> Fifteen. So you managed to loop the rope. Uh, where are you trying to loop it? Um, like, how are you trying to tie her up if she's got her hands out? Oh. Stretch towards Cornelia and uh, Sebastian. I'm sort of pulling the hands behind the back and then tying. Okay. Or maybe maybe just and the just hands looping. behind the back. Yeah, okay. yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> with all those um, miles and miles of rope from there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you managed to loop the rope around uh, around Angela slash Peter's right arm. Uh, 
uh, and trying to pull it though, you're going to have to make a strength check. It is secured tightly to to their arm though. 18. 18. Okay, you managed to pull it away. And this is the arm that was actually um, facing towards uh, Sebastian. And as you <sighs> as you can feel the arm being pulled away, you can feel a sense of relief and, and something receding within you. Um, but uh, yeah, so the, it, it's, it's incredibly strong, this arm, um, but you're still, it's uh, down by its side, uh, not quite behind its back yet. Uh, what, so I'm just grappling. Yeah, so you're literally just trying to hoist okay. hoist one of the arms back one by like one at a time, essentially. Uh, Sebastian, seventeen. Okay. Uh, so roll three d ten. Oh shit! Twenty nine. Holy shit! As Cornelia struggles with the creature, the face of Angela Gresley peels open to reveal another face. Momentarily distracted by the sounds of wet flesh tearing, Cornelia catches sight of it and in a moment of unbearable horror, recognises it. She passes out just before any of her compatriots see the face, just before Sebastian's rifle shot hits its mark, before the creature's head explodes. Sebastian St. Battenberg is the first to emerge from the room, carrying Cornelia Cavendish in his arms, and Dorothy Taylor is close behind, holding Joy Dutton as she shivers and cries. Exhaustion has overcome them, and where before there was an adrenaline-forced alertness, now there is only a vague buzzing, a dull ache of a reluctant consciousness. Descending the stairs, they notice a weak trickle of sunlight making its way through the boarded windows of the first floor of the manor. Then they hear the muffled chirping of tropical songbirds. Then our heroes take in the scene around them. The manor now looks entirely abandoned, as if it has been so for many years. Dorothy runs her hand over the water damage that ravages the walls, and they peel in huge, meaty sheaves, hanging over the floorboards like weeping willows. Where there were dozens of wretched men and women a moment ago, now all that remain are charred shadows etched into the floor, and scraps of flimsy cloth. Streaks of smoke stain most surfaces, as if the building fell to fire and then was buried by moisture and vegetation for years. Our heroes walk between the human remains in a daze, their minds feverishly devising semi-rational explanations. Unwittingly, they find their way back to where they so recently saw Sophia. All that is left of her is a leathery set of bones, still arranged in a defensive posture, hands clung to her mouth and nose. And in the crook of her arm, there is a glint. Carefully, Sebastian removes her silver-locked journal and they trudge out. Cornelia wakes up on the beach, flanked by her notably silent acquaintances. Even as they are picked up by a fishing boat out for the first catch of the day, they pass the time without acknowledgement, barely seeming to register the onslaught of questions from the fishermen. But as they set foot once again on Hong Kong Island, the facade finally cracks. 
Suddenly furious, Cornelia Cavendish grabs her daughter by the arm. With the horror of the face she saw beneath Angela Gresley's and the betrayal of her friends hot in her mind, she vows never to see Dorothy or Sebastian again and storms off almost at a run. In her fury, the old woman stumbles, but before she can fall, Joy Dutton steadies her by the shoulders and together they disappear into the crowded city streets. Dorothy Taylor herself walks slowly away, thinking of the final rifle shot that felled the enemy. It is over now, she thinks. Whatever it was, is over, and if there are any answers to be had, she does not want them. Unable to reserve her thoughts, she mutters out loud as she walks away that she needs to be with her family in America, that she should never have left. At the edge of the dock, Sebastian St. Battenberg sits down, his feet gently skimming the surface of the water. He takes out his father's pipe and Sophia's journal. With a twist of his wrist, the dainty lock snaps and the pages fall open before him. And Sebastian begins to read. You've been listening to The Nightmare of Cao Yi Chow, Written by Giorgio Mariani and produced and edited by David Knight and Tom Dalling. With music by Jonathan Day. Starring Eleanor Kohler as Dorothy Taylor, Maximilian John as Cornelia Cavendish, David Knight as Sebastian St. Battenberg and Charlie May as Joy Dutton. I am Giorgio Mariani, Game Master. You can follow us on Twitter at The Infinite Bad and support the production of this series on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash definitely human. This is the end of The Nightmare of Cao Yi Chow. If you enjoyed the adventure, please rate and review the show on iTunes. The Infinite Bad is a definitely human production. 